everybody, my name is Meredith. I'm an author, life coach, spiritual mentor, wife, mom, and stepmom. And I am here to help you tune into God's voice. And I wanna to talk to you today about what fears you are facing this week in quarantine, or maybe not facing. Are you giving into your fears and increasing your anxiety or facing them and increasing your faith? Quarantine makes us more stuck in our heads and alone with our thoughts. What isn't good about that is we can get very stuck there. What can be good about it is we have the space to see where we're getting stuck and do something about it. So fear of judgment is what I've been dealing with. When did I first notice it? A few weeks ago when I got on a Zoom call with a group of women that I don't normally meet with in person. What I noticed was that my insecurity came up. I feared what they were thinking about me negatively and if they didn't want me there because they didn't like me. Now, mind you, I don't normally think like this, so I knew the enemy was attacking my mind. So I let myself be with this feeling and talked with a friend after. She was on it too, and I shared this feeling I had. What I noticed that I was fearing their judgment. And in fearing their judgment, I had put up this wall. It was a space I didn't go because I had made up some lies in my head about who I couldn't trust, and by avoiding it, I had fed those lies. I judge the group in order to self-protect, and what do we do when we judge others? We judge ourselves, and we limit our connections because we put up the wall, all because of fear of judgment. I don't know where yours or my fear of judgment comes from, maybe some childhood insecurities. I know I struggled with weight as a kid and felt different because my parents were divorced, so I always thought people were talking negatively about me. So maybe it's from there, who knows? Wherever it's from, it's there. It's part of the human condition. So if we recognize and call ourselves out on this, which is not an easy thing to do, we can overcome this fear, but we have to face it and do what we don't want to do to break down those walls, not just once, but multiple times. And sometimes we're forced to do it because those people who are safe aren't able to be there. That's where I'm at. And I see that it's a good chance for me to step out in my fear with faith and trust God. So if we want to connect, we have to stop judging our own journeys and others. Now, what does that look like? We have to stop minimizing and maximizing our struggles. What do I mean by this? Minimizing. This is when we say stuff like, I have nothing to complain about. Others have it so much worse. I'm just going to keep this to myself. Maximizing. This is when we look at someone who seems to have it better and say or think, yeah, well, at least you don't have this or wouldn't that be nice? Both of these are rooted in comparison. And we all know that comparison is the thief of joy. Pastor Stephen Furtick says, don't compare your behind the scenes with someone else's highlight reel. This is so important to remember anytime we see someone who looks like they're living their best life. We have all got our struggles you don't see in our feed. Let me give you a few real life examples. So minimizing. I was telling a friend the other day who has four teenagers and two grandbabies how I feel like I shouldn't complain about how tough this parenting and quarantine is because I only have one kid. She told me, do not minimize. Motherhood is unrelenting, thankless, and nonstop. No matter whether you have one or five, it's just tough. That felt so good to hear that. Calling out where I was minimizing my struggle helped take it off my shoulders. Maximizing. I have seen this happen in so many areas of life, but I think it can be the worst in the area of grief and loss and deep pain. And we have to be really careful because the enemy can take us down a road of isolation, thinking no one has it as bad as us when every single one of us experiences grief in some way. Grief is so incredibly personal, but it's also so common to all of us. If we compare grief, we risk invalidating not just our own grief, but someone else's too. 
I have seen this most on the journey of infertility. This week is National Infertility Awareness Week. It breaks my heart when I see the comparison that is rampant in this area because it is such an incredibly difficult journey for so many of us and it can completely disconnect us if we compare. In fact, I've seen it happen in a couple relationships in my life and I hate it because I really think it's the enemy just trying to keep us separate from each other when it's something we desperately need to be connected on. The thing with infertility is some of it is a unique journey for every single one of us. Some of us can't have kids, some of us were never able, some of us are praying for a miracle, some of us struggled with it for a year, some five. Some of us had children, some of us adopted, some of us found other ways to enjoy life. No matter what, there is still that basic connection of our pain. We can't compare outcomes or lengths of time. We have to connect on the pain. We just get that deep pain of going through infertility that I often compare to losing my father. It is a deep grief that we should not walk through alone. Now, that doesn't mean we don't block stuff that triggers us. I know I did that when I was right in the middle of it, but what we must told we must not totally disconnect. As someone who has had the outcome of a child, I get hurt when someone acts like I don't get it because I've had a kid. That's just not true. The pain of that infertility journey is the greatest pain I've ever felt. We must not invalidate each other with disconnection, judgment, or fear of judgment. There are two, two quotes in regards to this I found that I really like. The first speaks to how personal grief is and the second speaks to how connected we should be. Grief can't be shared. Everyone carries it alone, his own burden in his own way. Anne Morrow Lundberg. Grief knits two hearts in closer bonds than happiness ever can, and common sufferings are far stronger than common joys. Alphonse de Lamartine. It is also so connecting. So it's personal, but it's so connecting. Guess what else? Jesus. On the personal side, he is truly the only one who can meet us in our personal grief journey. Matthew 11.30 tells us, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. But on the connectedness side, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's Galatians 6 2. We are not supposed to carry our burdens alone. We need Jesus, and we need others who have shared our journeys who get us. We have to be so careful about the comparing because it creates a resentment in us. We build anger inside us that only eats away at our hearts. We have to do the opposite. Last week, I had a friend who texted me that the embryo transfer she and her husband did didn't work. I was so happy she reached out to me because she wasn't judging me because they had the outcome of a child. She just knew I understood the journey and reached out. I told her, hey, stay connected. Don't let the enemy make you focus on our differences. Remember, I get it and I'm here. The word tells us, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's from Colossians 3.13. Proverbs 17.9 says, one who forgives an affront fosters friendship, but one who dwells on disparities will alienate a friend. We focus on that resentment and comparison and we will alienate. First Peter 4.8 tells us, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And guess what? We're all sinners. We all need God's grace. The less we judge others, the less we judge ourselves. The more forgiving we are of others, the more forgiving we are of ourselves. And the more connected we are, the more connected we are to God. One last thing, something interesting I learned in researching this topic. So often we hear the phrase, this is a judgment-free zone, which is awesome for all intents and purposes. But in reality, judgment is part of the human experience. 
We are always judging whether it's well or not kindly. As new info comes in, the mind reassesses. It is an ongoing process. So if we accept the process of our humanness instead of trying to avoid judgment, we can certainly be more forgiving of ourselves and others. So maybe accepting that judgment exists and not worry so much about what others might think can free you up to be more connected. My final question in scripture for you. Do you notice the spaces you are afraid of judgment? Do you notice how fear and insecurity come up when you're around certain people? Maybe take some time to see how you might be judging yourself in these situations. And if you are more judgmental of others, maybe reflect on this scripture from Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We, can, we can't help someone else until we help ourselves. Look at ourselves, admit we are hypocrites who are human and we judge. We need each other, and above all, we need a savior to combat this human condition of judgment. So whatever journey you are on, reach out, release the fear of judgment and the self-judgment, and walk through the fear of connectedness. Practice it, doing it again and again. Trust who God is and that he is with you in it. And next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, who God is, um, and kind of addressing what our struggles are, what your struggles are, excuse me, um, you know, physically, mentally, um, emotionally in this quarantine. Um, and, uh, you know, I will look forward to seeing you then. But uh, you guys have a great week. And, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye-bye.